0: Welcome to the Voices of Ocean Parkway. I'm your host, Victor Zaytuni, and this is the podcast for every runner using running as a medium to connect to the rest of the world. Each week, I have the pleasure of sitting down with a member of our local running community and taking a deep dive into the running scene of OPR, New York City, and beyond. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your content. This week, I chat with Jessica Matthews. While Jessica has only been running for two years, she has already broke the sub 130 mark for the half marathon and is well on her way to much greater running achievements. What makes her story unique though, is the way she balances the many different obligations in her life. From running at 5 a.m. on weekdays to taking care of her four kids having a full-time career as a teacher and education professional, to having a food blog called Kosher Foodies with tens of thousands of followers, and so much more. Jessica and I not only discuss how she learned to tap into her running potential, but also discuss how she manages it all and stays motivated every day. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jessica Matthews. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the podcast.
1: I'm excited
0: to be here. No, we're so excited to have you. As one of the newer members, I'd like to say, of the running community in Brooklyn and the running community of OPR, um, a lot of people are really curious how you got so fast, so quick. So how did you start running?
1: So I started running just because I had nothing else to do. Exercise wise. Um, his mom of four kids, my twins were three, and I had a full time job. So I couldn't fit any exercise classes into that schedule. And Zeke would always bother me that I wasn't exercising and I wasn't being healthy. Mm. So one day he took the kids out, and I said, You know what? I could just go for a run. It's available. I have sneakers. And I went out. And Zeke said, There's no way you could continue this. And my sister said, There's no way you could continue this. <laughs> so I said, You know what? went through them all. And I did.
0: I love So that. I started
1: waking up at five o'clock in the morning, two days a week, and then just doing one weekend run. And I would run like 10 miles a week, maybe.
0: And when was this? Um, how long ago was this?
1: I would say it was two years ago. Okay. So it was winter and it was cold and dark, and I just kept doing it. And then Zeke one day was like, How, how many miles are you running? I'm like, I don't know. A bunch, a few, three? He's like, "What do you mean you don't record it?" I said, "No." So he said, "Why don't you download an app on your phone?" So I downloaded, um, I downloaded the Nike Run Club app, cool. and I would track it. I would, and so I just kept doing that. And he said, "I don't think you will have time to sign up for a race. You should, but like, there's no way you have time to sign up for a half marathon <laughs> and to train for it." So once someone tells me that, I'm like, "Challenge I you, accepted. I, have to, do I have to do it." So I signed up. I went online. I looked for a half marathon. You know, it was coming to be a spring in New York. So there were a few that were popping up and there was one on Mother's Day. So I signed up for it and I trained. You know, I followed a loose plan around Mm -hmm. three days a week and I started training for it.
0: Wow. Okay. So I guess to add a little context, you mentioned that you started off and you were running at 5 a.m. twice a week. And so for everyone that doesn't know, you are a stupid woman. You run at 5 a.m., You're up first thing in the morning with the kids, you have a full-time job, you do a lot more than just teach. I've scrubbed through your LinkedIn today and you have a whole repertoire of things that you take care of. So can you walk us through some of that and how you handle and manage all of that in your day-to-day?
1: So first off, um, you can never do everything. And I don't think I'm superwoman, I think I'm just a regular person and I try to make time for everything that I need to make time for so like I can't I can't be a mom all the time um but I have to be a mom all the time mm-hmm. so there are times that my kids are sleeping that I can go running so that's what I choose to run at five o'clock in the morning when I can um I also have a husband who does his share of the job mm-hmm. he is up in the morning with the kids um, he sometimes complains, but I never think he's serious when he's the one doing breakfasts because I'm not running. Um, as long as I don't talk about it, he's fine with me going out and doing what he knows makes me happy and keeps me sane. So it's so good to have I'm running friends to
0: talk to. It.
1: Right. So I definitely don't do it alone. Um, and I definitely drink a lot of coffee. That definitely helps.
0: That's awesome. So how does this typical schedule work? So you said you wake up at five for this run. And then what happens after that?
1: I have to get home, have to shower. Then I have to wake the kids up for school, pack lunches, take their temperature, get them to school by eight. And, and uh, thankfully, I don't have a commute really because I work in their school. So that's oh, cool. easy. All right. There's, that's one of the pluses. And I am... Um, back home by 4.30 to do homework and dinners. And again, Zeke is home, he's helping with all that. So it's not all on me.
0: That's great. Um, I think for a lot of people listening to this and a lot of people just in general, there's this misconception that when you're a teacher or where you work in a school, your hours are from when you get to school to when you leave. And you put it like, oh, I get home at 4.30. But having actually gone through the same program that I think you went through at Barnard, the education program um, and seeing just a tiny glimpse of that, I know firsthand that teaching encompasses your whole life um, from creating lesson plans to being there for your students outside the classroom and having everyone um, in mind at all these hours. So how do you manage that? And what does that look like? Can you walk us through a little bit of all the things the teacher does that we don't know?
1: So teaching is definitely an all-encompassing career. I love the Barnard Education Program and Barn and Columbia in general, That's so great. it's fun to talk to you about this. Um, so, teaching does not only happen in the classroom. I'm actually I used to teach first grade, which was definitely more time consuming at home. Um, mm. It was four hours every day. I also taught third grade, same thing, four hours every day. But now I'm teaching middle school. I teach two periods a day of science classes in the middle school that I kind of have my, have my rough outline planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that like nighttime prep work is not as much. It's more the grading and um, like things like that, essays and writing and responses, especially now that a lot of our work is on the computer. So all of our kind of like, cause we switch back and forth from Zoom. We have a lot of digital resources, so everything has to be planned to do. Um, kind of have a formula for it I guess and then another part of my job is working with special ed children in the middle school um, being a support role um, modifying uh, their class work for them and I do a lot of it at work and at night after my kids wow. go to sleep at around this time 8 30. Oh so yes I do some of that work at at home, but I kind of streamlined it. Like I have to chunk up my nights and days so that I can get it all done.
0: That's crazy. When do you rest? (laughs) Do you
1: rest? Like rest days or like sleeping.
0: Sleeping, rest days, a little bit of everything. When do you get all of that?
1: (laughs) On the weekend. Sunday mornings I sleep in till like eight.
0: Till eight, that sounds like sleeping in.
1: And right now, with my running schedule, I get to sleep a little bit late on Wednesdays. Just
0: treating yourself. That, that's awesome. I guess building up that in terms of sleeping late and getting all these miles in. So if, if you're working on such a tight schedule and with all these uh, different things pulling you in every direction, how did you commit to running in the way that you have?
1: Um, I think it's because I have a bunch of crazy friends who just really believe in me. Um, as I said, like there was a time, especially after that first half marathon that I ran that I was running three days a week, four miles each. So I was running 12 miles a week. And like, I was totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started running with people on Saturdays and running a little bit longer. And then I was signed up for the 2020 New York city half that never happened. And Ralph mentioned to me really like, in the middle of November, like why not ne- why didn't you sign up for a half marathon? Go find something, you're, you're doing do so well, you'll are trained for it. And I was like, I don't know. I just I don't know. I'm just running, I'm running to run. I don't have to commit to anything, I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about overtraining. But he like planted a seed in my head and then I signed up for a half marathon. Someone sent the link and I'm just I just decided to do it. Someone sent it in chat. I went onto the link just that second, signed up I was a number after him, uh, Adam, Van Diane, and I did it. So then that's amazing. once I did that, I finished it and I said, okay, I have to do something else afterwards. So I'm just going to keep going.
0: That's awesome. And, and I guess for reference of everyone listening, when you did that first half marathon in May of 2019, you finished in an hour and 51 minutes. And when you did this most recent half marathon on a freezing day with 35 mile per hour winds, You finished in one hour and 28 minutes, averaging low 640s or something. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That is absolutely crazy. How do you work towards that? How do you figure out that that was a goal that's achievable?
1: So I actually didn't figure out it was a goal that it was achievable until I actually did it. (laughs) You know, the week, two weeks before the race... It was around thanksgiving and i was like okay what should my race race plan be and everyone was saying okay you're gonna try for a sub 130 mm-hmm. and i thought that everyone was crazy and every everyone else said of course you could do it don't be ridiculous and i still i would say it but i didn't believe it myself but at the end of the day everyone else was right i was running a lot of miles in the summer i was going to the track every week Practicing my speed work in Prospect Park in the fall. Mm-hmm. and all the Even though I didn't have a plan and I wasn't really training for the race at the end of the day, I was. And Definitely. That, that really worked.
0: So there's a lot to unpack in there. On the one hand, there's all these workouts and the building fitness. And the other thing, as you keep mentioning, is the people around you. Um, so I'd like to touch on that first. What does the value of friendship and having this running commuting around you mean in the grand scheme of the last two years and how much has it meant to you?
1: So sometimes it's what just keeps me going, um, especially this past spring when I wasn't going to work and I wasn't having any socialization besides for my family. Um, and around May, we started meeting up again. Like they were the only people that I saw. Mm-hmm. So it was my to- whole social life was my running group, which That's kept awesome. me sane, I think. And they also know of- You know, people from all different places and all different philosophies, they know about so much more than I do. And even if I don't talk that much or give so much advice, I'm always listening to what everyone else has to say, and I always use it. Um, You know, either run 50 miles a week, and that's how you can change for a marathon, or run only four days, but make sure to do a tempo run. I'm soaking that all in, and I'm just trying to... That's take awesome. everyone's advice
0: to heart and and on top of just everything that you take away in terms of running what about in terms of friendship and the connections i could say running with you has been great for me in just in terms of like how enjoyable saturday mornings are and when we talk about books and all the likes so what does that meant to you having just a whole new network of friends and community
1: that's my favorite part of it Everyone just, you know, we have different outlets, we have different careers, we have different histories, and there's always something to talk about. So, keeps me on my toes.
0: That's so awesome. Um, and now I guess to unpack the second half of what you said before was all of these workouts, track works, and tempos. How did those come about? And where did you dig those out from?
1: I didn't dig out of anything. I never planned any of these things. Um, on Instagram one day I saw a post like OPR, we're going to the track, come meet us. Um, I wasn't even in the chat that, that at the beginning of the summer and I'm like, wait, that sounds like so much fun. And I messaged that it was David Blasiano and he said, come join us. I hopped on my bike. I told my brother to come, so he met us there. And everyone's like, who are these people? You guys are fast. You look the same. I told my sister to come, so she joined us. And I just follow other people's workouts. Even when I do workouts in Prospect Park, uh, Jacqueline programs her watch. I listen to her beep, and Mm -hmm. I just go.
0: It's so great. And I guess it's really nice to have running in common, not only with friends, but like you mentioned, with your sister and your brother. And I've heard through the great friend that your father was also a really great runner. So can you you tap into that? family aspect
1: so my father was a marathon runner he ran four marathons my brother always ran marathons i was never a runner until recently and my sister never ran until covid and then i trained her to do some distance she ran 11 miles last week which was awesome. her longest one which is awesome
0: that's awesome so what does it feel like to have your family out there like for example having your sister out there some saturday mornings on the runs or being with your brother on the track like how's that aspect of not knowing it's not just friends but you tied in these people that have just meant so much more beyond that
1: so it's really nice to share something that you love with the people that you love and just have a different way to connect with your family um you know we talk all the time my sister and i are constantly texting or facetiming and it's just another thing to talk about and my brother does not like he's a Blanco. he does not talk a lot but this is something that I could always ask him about and know that I could always count on him. You know, sometimes in the summer I'd say, who wants to run with me? And he's the only one who would say yes. But I know I could count on him to be there for me.
0: That's so great. And I guess, like you said, you talk to your sister a lot. And something else that I don't know a lot, if a lot of people know this, but you have a very large Instagram following and blog following in the Kosher Foodies. So can you tell us about that? <sighs>
1: So a really long time ago, before food blogs were so big, my sister and I thought that it would be a really good idea to start a kosher food blog because it didn't exist. Now there are a bunch of them. And now I guess like people don't really blog anymore. They really do it on Instagram. Um, We kind of fizzled out. We're in the process of talking about revamping it while also trying to keep off social media so much. So it's a a hard place to be right now. But we do have a pretty big following and we tried to post a lot of traditional Syrian recipes online because it was something that we saw was missing just on the internet. Like, you can't really look for kibbeh cherry online or sambusak and find a recipe. So we thought that it would be somewhere for the younger mm-hmm. millennials to make that recipe and reconnect really with their roots.
0: Definitely. And so that started as a blog.
1: So it started as a blog. We would post like two or three times a week, really, when we started. Mm-hmm. I'd say, I think we started in 2009. But and, I really like to cook and bake. People and, who work with me know, because no one in my house eats it, so I just bake and bring it to school.
0: Oh, that's great. And I could say now, um, it's hard to like tell what the traffic on a blog is itself. I don't know if you have those numbers, but your Instagram is nearly 12,000 followers.
1: Yeah, so we have a lot of followers we have a lot of content in our just in our history um but we're not making money off of this project
0: it's always fun to have a cool side gig i mean it's like running no matter how good we get we'll never make a dollar off of it. right
1: it's just this side thing
0: that's so great and i guess in terms of being in the food industry not industry itself but like having this whole aspect um has that shifted the way you fuel yourself or continue to feel yourself once you started running?
1: So it's funny because I was just really talking to my husband about this, saying that I'm not changing the way that I'm eating, but I feel like now I'm trying to up my mileage. I'm up to 45 miles a week. And by next month, I'm going to be at 55, I hope, or maybe 50 depending on what Jacqueline tells me because she's probably to tell me not to get injured. And I find myself needing to eat a lot and I said, maybe I should just change the way that this works, like I'm very into whole foods, not processed, mm-hmm. um, I like ice cream and junk, but I won't eat like pre-made stuff, so uh, I don't know, like that's one of my next things that I need to learn about in my journey, how to properly do this, because I don't know about nutrition.
0: Well, if you figure that, and as you figure it out, please share with all of us, um, I can definitely use advice on all of that. It sounds like your journey is not only really cool, but I think what the coolest part of it to everyone is the fact that you do everything. Um, a lot of people, I think myself included, like we run. It's, it, it's what we do. I run, I work for a few hours, I don't have anything else, but you manage to do it all. And I guess just in terms of running itself, what keeps you motivated on the day to day?
1: So I've, I think it helps that I have a natural ability um, you know, I think that some people can work really hard and run twice as much as I do and can never get to a sub one thirty marathon um I'm just lucky in that sense. I have an athletic background, really. I was always an athletic child. I was on the volleyball team and soccer team. I was a competitive figure skater, so I have an athletic base and upbringing mm-hmm. um so I think that that's something that motivates me. But I also see such an amazing sense of like individualism in the sport. You know, I'm not co- really competing with anyone else while I'm doing this. I'm really just trying to better myself and compete with myself. And see, you know, everyone is a different run. Some days you're feeling it, some days you're not. But it, you always end up with a good sense and a good feeling, no matter what happens. Like, just if you get those miles in. So at the end of the day, it's just a sense of, I did it. And mm-hmm. that's something to, to remember. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm not competing or comparing myself with anyone else. I'm just doing it for me. And you can't say that about many things.
0: That's great. And it's one of the things Ralph Tusey actually always tells me. He says, you never regret getting out of bed in the morning for a run. I say that after having slept yeah. in for three runs. But when I finally did get out of bed, I did not regret it.
1: We don't regret it because at the end of the day, when I, you know, when I'm drinking my fourth cup of coffee and walking into my office, I closed my rings on my Apple watch and I did something. And also, you know, right now I'm teaching middle schoolers and we're very into the grades and the numbers on the tests. And I have students who are getting 78s and students are getting 99s. And there's always a sense of disappointment, no matter what that number is. Mm-hmm. Um, comparing yourself to your peers and, I always very often tell them that there are some things in life that you just can't compare yourself to other people and running is one of them and grades in school is another one. And I think that it kind of humbles you and gets you to understand how to relate yourself to relate to other people and compare yourself only to yourself instead. That's great. And just see yourself as an individual
0: sure. And and bringing up the fact that you may have this conversation with younger kids, have you thought about or do you mention or bring up often this idea of running with younger kids? Because I think we see it a lot outside of the community, but inside the community, not as much.
1: So I I happen to talk to my students a lot about my running. Um, My middle schoolers don't seem to be so interested in it, but they have to listen to me anyway. (laughs) It's something that I think about all the time that I would love to do with them one day. But they, they have to listen to me. And Zeke does not have to listen to me when I talk about running. He can just walk away.
0: Definitely. Um, I, I know we saw a program pop up in Flappish a few years ago, and I think it would be really cool. Um, if anyone's listening, please make this happen. Make track programs in other schools um, in our community. I think it would be really great for kids to have something like this to work, work towards. Um, and so I guess. The, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I think, like, like you said, it's just nice for people to have something for themselves. What's really cool, I think, about running, um, and you've touched on this, is the fact that there is this whole like team community aspect in it outside of like the individual aspect. So, So
1: of course. You know, I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for the people who ran with me. You know, when, I, when my alarm rings at 5.04 a.m. and I know that someone is waiting for me on Ocean Parkway to run with them, it's more motivating than if I was going out by myself. Definitely. Who
0: is this 5 a.m. crew? We see a lot of stories shared on the OPR story, um, and you always post really nice pictures of the park, but there's never the group. Who is crazy enough to be up with you at that hour?
1: So so Sally uh, Shotskis, my cousin, is one of those crazies. She also is a mom of five kids with a full-time job, and that's how she carves the time out for herself, too. Not many things prettier than Prospect Park at sunrise. Those pictures do not even capture it. And then Jacqueline Elbaz, who is sometimes part of our crew these days. Also crazy, full-time job. You know, that's what we do it.
0: That's so awesome. But
1: there are a lot of people in the park. We are not the only ones. There are groups of women. There are men. There are just people getting out there and starting their day off running. Right, because that's... No, you know, you can't go wrong if that's how you start your day, by just doing a of the park.
0: For sure. Um, so I guess something I'd love to to, like, to touch on in terms of your experience and your training is um, it's always nice to dive into like, things you, people feel they do well and things that they're working on. So if, you, if I had to ask you, the thing that you think you do best in the running world and then something you wish you did better or that you wanted to start working on, what would those two things be?
1: So definitely I think that I am good at consistency and building up those miles and just getting out there, which is step one, but it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I've been talking about really working on for myself is trying to pace myself better. Um, Just trying to get a feel of what's my heart rate right now. What's my pace? Am I going too fast? Am I going to get too tired to finish at this pace? No, sometimes I can't tell if I'm, doing the 640 or 710, and I just can't tell the difference. So I hope by running outside a lot, I'll just get a better sense of that.
0: That's right, and do you rely on, on on your watch for that, or are you relying on some programs to figure that out?
1: I usually try to rely on my watch. I have an Apple watch, I'm not sure how accurate it is. But it's accurate for me, because I've been using it for now, a year.
0: And it seems to be working. Now-ish. It seems to be working It's working,
1: it's working. Except for my workout, it's working.
0: On that note, you just said how nice it was to run through Prospect Park at 5 a.m. But if I had to ask you to walk me through your ideal run, place, time of day, distance, and people and or solo, what would it look like?
1: That's a very hard question. I don't think I can answer that. So- Every run is just so different. And you know what, if I'm running along the beach, there's nothing prettier, but then I'm not getting any hills. And I love those hills, you know that.
0: Yes. So I know that. that last year, I'll, I'll, the week before the New York City half, that didn't happen. Um, I ran up a hill thinking that I'd run alone and wait for everyone on top. You followed my pace at the 620 and then pushed that mm-hmm. for five more miles until I had to ask you to slow down.
1: So I'm definitely going to say there's, there are many positives about running alone, but if I have to run up a hill at 620s, I want to be with other people. <laughs> because sometimes you can't, you don't even realize what pace you're going because Mm -hmm. you have someone there pushing you. Yeah. So there's really nothing better than that. No, I'll say that a 12 mile run is perfect for me. I'll have it with people, but beach or prospect park, I can't choose between them.
0: I can say, Having had the chance to run with you, it's been so great. And then having now had the chance to talk with you about running, it's even more fun. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to leave everyone with? Um, a lot of people are where you were two years ago. So what is something you would tell yourself two years ago?
1: So I think I would say to be consistent, try not to compare yourself to anyone else because it is a really individual sport. Uh, but use people around you as tools because there are people who know what they're talking about. And, you know, when someone says, okay, go do some strength classes and start lifting weights, you know, you don't have to do it to become a muscle builder, but you're doing it to become a better runner. Um, And that's now, now I started doing that. And I can see that has been helping me improve Mm -hmm. either just by making me less tired or making my muscles less sore or making me faster. I don't know. But as an all around athlete, I think it's, I think.
0: I think it's really clear that you're not just a great runner but like a student of the sport you are taking a lot of what everyone else says and sort of place it in the right things to make the equation work I try to so I'd like to end by just saying thank you for taking the time and I think everyone's going to love hearing all this because it's such a quick turnaround and such a quick journey to success and it's so clear that you're not even close to where you're going to get
1: I hope not Thank you for talking
0: to me. I felt very honored to be asked. Now, I was very excited to share this with everyone. This is going to be great. Jessica is so humble, but driven. After walking through just one of her days, I've officially lost any excuse to not lace up. Jessica demonstrates the power of commitment and consistency. And if there are any lessons that I hope you walk away with from this episode, I hope it's the importance of friendship in running, that there is always time, and that consistency yields results. So just like Jessica, find the time and get out there. You can learn more about Jessica at JBBM on Instagram, or you can follow her food account at Kosher Foodies. As always, I welcome any feedback and recommendations. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Voices of Ocean Parkway or to shoot us an email at voicesofoceanparkway@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, this is the Voices of Ocean Parkway, hoping to catch you on the roads of OP soon.